Hi everyone, this is Michele Graglia. This is Marianne Hogan. Hi, I'm Adrian McDonald. I'm Katie Asmith. Hi, this is Anthony Gasols. Hi, my name is Meg Morgan. Hey, it's Jordan Trofe. This is John Ray. This is Ryan Van Duzer, and you are listening to the Gotta Run Racing Podcast. Hello, hello. Hey everyone, we are back with another Gotta Run Podcast. Indeed we are. Deep in the throes of Canadian winter. How is your training coming along for the Slovenia 60K coming up? Pretty good, pretty good. I did a uh, hill climb on the treadmill at the gym yesterday. First time ever getting to 20% incline. No hands. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I found interesting was the fact that my heart rate, during a run, my heart rate's around 148 to 150. Comfortable, right? Comfortable breathing. Yep. Yet climbing on the treadmill... I was not running. I was climbing at a 20% incline. Gave me the same heart rate, but my perceived exertion <laughs> was much harder than if I was just running on the road. And why do you think that is? Well, I don't understand the science, <laughs> but obviously, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, we're going to be uh, having some difficult weathers coming soon, so it looks like we'll be... On the treadmill more often. We never did give that question to each other. Prefer minus 20 or a treadmill run. So what would you prefer? Minus 20. If without wind. Yes. You have to be very specific. <laughs> sunny. I, sunny minus 20. Yeah. I would take minus 20, sunny, no wind. Over a treadmill. Over a treadmill. Any day of the week. Okay. All right. Oh, well, we'll keep you informed. And uh, I, once again, we'd like to thank our Patreon supporters. Yes, big thanks. Big thanks. And you can head on over to patreon.com to check us out for just a gel a month. You can support us through Patreon. That's right. And we really appreciate it. And it helps us keeping the ball rolling. Yeah. And making our broadcast more professional. Well, we're trying. We're trying. We are. We are. <laughs> And also, if, sorry about the confusion of what happened our, to our last podcast with Marcus Kielberg, for those who listens to it without the intro. If they downloaded it the first day, they, <laughs> we missed the intro, but yeah. you corrected that? Yeah, yeah, I had to re-upload it, and so therefore you can listen to it again with the intro. <laughs> <laughs> and the introduction to Marcus, too. Yes. Because otherwise it just jumps right in. I just got carried away. I wanted to get this thing out, and I forgot, oh, wait a minute. Ah. It happens. Yeah. It happens. There you go. So who is on the podcast today? Today we have Jacob Herman. He's a Swiss living in California. He's lived in California for quite a few years, actually. Very experienced runner with an incredible number of races under his belt, including 79 marathons, over 50 50 Ks, and 2,500 milers. His very first ultra was back in 2005 at the JFK 50. Hey, go big or go home. You got it. <laughs> of course, he's also done Javelina a few times, Rio de Largo, Man versus Horse, which looks pretty interesting. But he's also the race director of the Swiss Alps 100. Yeah, which is getting a lot of uh, attention these days. And we first heard about it, I think, from Aaron Shimmons, who, who we chatted with back in October. That's right. That's right. Yeah, Irish Aaron. The Swiss Alps 100 takes place on August 9th in Fiesch, Switzerland. The race is a qualifier for three of North America's biggest races, Hard Rock, Western, and Badwater. And in addition, the male and female winners of the 100 miler earn a guaranteed entry into Badwater. Wow. Which means you better sign up early for Swiss Alps 100 because I'm sure it's going to be selling out in the future very quickly. I wonder how he was able to achieve this in such a short time because this race is relatively new. Right. And to get Western, Hard Rock, and Badwater all on board. Well, there's only five in the world that has a race like that, that has all those three qualifications. Wow. Very interesting. Yeah. Well, we're going to find out. Stick around. And here's Jacob coming up. Jacob, welcome to the podcast. We can't wait to dive into, obviously... The Swiss Alps 100, which you're a race director of. But before we do that, we want to learn about how you got into this sport of ultra running. 
<laughs> well, thank you for having me. Uh, it's a pleasure to talk to you guys finally. Uh, yeah, it's a it's a good story actually. Yeah, I've, I've always hated running in school. They made me run in school, and uh, I didn't like it at all. And then after school, I um, I didn't do sports for twenty years, nothing. Wow. And I was always fine, but once I came to the United States and I was going to college, had no money. Uh, McDonald's was my best friend, <laughs> <laughs> so I gained a lot of weight. So I had to do something. Started to run on treadmills, which I wasn't too happy about it. And then one day I had this crazy idea: why not go outside? So I went outside running and something clicked and yeah, I got in really quick within um, probably six months, I ran a 50 mile and then the year after a hundred mile and it's just clicking away. It just, from there on, was just fun all the way. Yeah, I, I can relate to not enjoying running in school and participating in sports. I can relate to that a lot, but I'm glad that I came at it with wanting to do it as opposed to being forced to do it when you're younger, right? It's nice to make that choice for yourself. I think it makes it easier to stick. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we found out that you have an, a very extensive running resume. <laughs> and some of our races we have done similar. We've done Havelina together, actually, in 2019. You were there. We were there. We've done Western States. We've done Rio de Largo. But some races piqued our interest, and one being man versus horse in 2013. <laughs> so let's let's chat about man versus horse. That was a that was a marathon distance, and uh, uh, you could um, run the distance, or you can use a horse. So that that was interesting. Yeah, obviously, you know, I couldn't keep up the horses. <laughs> <laughs> what made you choose this race? Uh, just yet another marathon I want to do. It was in a beautiful location, and yeah, it was something intriguing about the horses too, which I then kind of relived in uh, Vermont mm. because they have a they do their hundred mile with horses too. Oh, hundred mile with horses! Mm -hmm. Wow, yes. that would be crazy. <laughs> and who won that year? Oh, a man versus horse. Yeah, man versus uh, horse. I don't, I don't know. I think it was a man. Oh, really? Yeah. I could be mistaken. Yeah. I don't know. It's been a while. <laughs> we did chat with uh, a past guest, Paul Bonet. Do you know Paul Bonet? Uh, the name is familiar, but I, I don't know him too well. He, uh, he ran Man vs. Horace several times. Okay. And he's, won, he's won a few times. He's, he was in the movie or the book Born to Run, and they yes. featured him in that because of that race, Man vs. Horace. But he did it in Arizona. Yeah, he did his in Arizona. Right. Yeah. Okay. Oh, mm -hmm. I see. Perfect. Yeah, yeah, it's good. Yeah, I've done so many races. It's sometimes memory is gone. <laughs> <laughs> Another race that piqued our interest, a race that I've been wanting to do for several years. It's one of the oldest uh, in the world, mm -hmm. I think, actually. And that's the Angeles Crest 100. Uh, yes. <laughs> that's been around uh, since 86? It's been around since 86, yeah. Yeah, that's right. And I heard that it's, it's pretty tough. What makes this race so hard? Uh, so it's it's obviously elevation change is hard and it gets pretty hard too during that time and uh, yeah it's it's a lot of um, up and downs for sure and uh, some places are pretty exposed and mm. at one point the course goes over a hundred uh, over ten thousand feet so mm. you, you kind of feel that yeah for sure and what is your involvement with this race um, I uh, about ten years ago I always wanted to like give back to the ultra running community. But I don't have the time because I have a family and everything. So what I do, I, I design and code websites. So what I did, I helped mm. Ultra Events create their websites and everything. So ah. Yeah, I created 11 websites for several Ultra Marathons down back in the time. And then I approached um, the race director for AC to help him too because it was kind of outdated. <laughs> yeah, 10 years ago, and he, he accepted it. And uh, so I worked on the website and kind of climbed the ladder to co-race director and then uh not too long ago i officially got 49 percent of the shares of the race nice so once he decided to step down as a race director i'm just gonna get the entire shares and take over the race 
Wow, that's really cool. Good oh. for you. That's a neat way to yeah. get into it. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, it's a, it's a great race. I love it. Uh, so I'm excited about that. I think um, probably website design is one of the things that are lowest on the list for race directors in terms of skill or priority. We always, you know, we yeah. want to provide the information, but how it comes across is a not necessarily a skill set that we normally have. Lucky for the people that you help out, for sure. <laughs> Lucky me, that gave me access to a lot of those races. Like I did the website for San Diego 100 for maybe eight, nine years. And uh, so I, I had the pleasure to work with Scotty Mills, the race director back then. And he taught me a lot of things and it's a give and take. So mm -hmm. that's the appreciative part of that. And then for race directors, it's, I think it's a help too, because it's, you have to have a good website those days to capture the imagination of the runners and then they come. So, but a lot of uh, race directors don't have that knowledge and they struggle. So that was my contribution to them. Yeah, very good. Well, the idea of seeing the lights of LA at night in the mountains intrigues me. Mm -hmm. That's the, one of the reasons why it piqued my interest. One day I'll get there. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, of course, I ran it myself uh, back in the years before I was involved. And yeah, absolutely. For the slow guys like me, <laughs> you approach LA <laughs> through the night and, and it's kind of, it gives a good reflection because you just run and you see this sea of lights, whole LA. And nobody knows that you're out there, right? Nobody cares. Millions of people. And you just, <laughs> It's really like it's something to be to be remembered for yeah, sure very, very unique yeah i would say and of course it qualifies you for western states and hard rock and bad water and that's the same with your race the swiss alps 100 you also have the same qualifications how did that happen yeah uh for ac hard rock dropped it actually because they kind of recycled oh. stuff and so we're not, AC is not hard rock qualifier anymore. But yeah, um, Swiss Alps for sure. Yeah, I've always um, pursued and uh, I talked to Western states a lot and kind of always in the beginning I ask and they're like, we need to have at least 100 finishers to be mm -hmm. even considered. So I wasn't there yet. And uh, back and forth and eventually that happened. And uh, obviously that was, that was a lot of fun. And then... Uh, I tackled Hard Rock too, like I approached them too, but that was always a big no. It's just not there. And uh, Hard Rock is specifically um, very uh, particular which races are qualified. Western has a whole list. It's big, Hard Rock mm -hmm. not so much. Mm -hmm. So yeah, just kind of always reach out and and, and, and just kind of representing it and, and see what way it's going and everything. And, uh, and then, yeah, uh, last year, um, and 2020, 2022, I was just in Switzerland uh, during that time. Uh, and then I got that email and they said, yeah, I think you're ready. Let's let's put you to the list. And uh, yeah, that was kind of fun. <laughs> and then that was too. Chris, the race director. Yeah, he. I reached out to him. and uh, But I was sure like um, that's probably not going to happen. But then he was uh, really... Um, he liked the race and he said, let's do it. Yeah, of course. And let's even go further. Like even the smaller selection have the privilege that whoever wins the 160 kilometers, female, male, it's instantly um, qualified to register next year on Badwater. That's an incredible achievement. Congratulations. Oh, thank you. Yeah. That's really awesome. I did some research. There's only five races worldwide, worldwide who actually have that. Well, Swiss Alps is definitely a tough one. It's over 10,000 meters of climbing and a cutoff of 49 hours. So it's obviously well-deserved. If you finish that race, you should be prepared for almost anything. What's the origin story of Swiss Alps 100? Yeah, it's a good story too. Um, kind of a silly start, uh, how, how it all began, because um, obviously I'm in Southern California. My parents are in Switzerland. So the they kept visiting us and we once in a while went visiting them and they said they're getting too old they don't want to travel that far anymore and at that point i was looking heavily for 
doing my own race in Southern California, but I just couldn't find a good location and everything. Just, there's so many races and everything. Then suddenly one day I'm like, why not do a race in Switzerland? So I had that idea. I know the core, I know the, the, the hiking path, I know the area and everything, but I never really thought to give it a big chance to it. It's more like, okay, then, then I can do that every year and I, I travel back, I can visit my my family there and just combine everything in that way right and, uh, so yeah i started working on it and and uh had the first race in 2017. well you must have known some key people in switzerland that were willing to help you get this race off the ground i would imagine yeah well it was mostly me at the beginning <laughs> and uh, my <laughs> honestly like a race uh, 90 percent is you can do on the, on a computer those days mm-hmm from the cores to do permissions and everything so yeah uh, thankfully what really saved me is in switzerland uh, the hiking path are really well maintained right you can always uh, rest assured they they're well not, like during the winter they get damaged and then they instantly go and fix it and everything so that's the good part so right. i don't have to be worried about so the rest yeah can you describe the course for the 100 a little bit? Because I understand you go over, what, three suspension bridges and you run along a glacier. So just paint the picture yeah. for the listeners. We want to get them excited to check you out. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Well, the start is interesting. It's very similar to Western State. I mean, you start and you go right uphill, a big climb through first aid station, and then you run towards, uh, it's called a Riederfurka. And uh, during that time, you have the, that, that's just 160, you get to the first uh, suspension bridge, mm -hmm. which they can cross and experience that. Then they do a big loop and coming back, they go through a big dam, an alpine dam. Mm. Literally on the dam itself, they are able to run it. That's cool. Coming back, they have quite some distance along the glacier. It's the Aletsch Glacier. Mm -hmm. It's the biggest glacier in uh, Swiss Alps. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. 13 miles long. Holy cow, that's a half marathon. <laughs> yeah, 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 totally. Glacier, yeah, but uh, the distance they ran on, I uh, would say, is probably like three, four miles. Okay. Mm. Yeah, but it's definitely the, the beautiful part of the race, which all runners run on uh, any distance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, after the glacier, they have a big descent, uh, descent down to the valley, which does a second suspension bridge coming up, which they then cross um, all the way to the valley, down to the green, to the cows, oh. to the trees, <laughs> nice. to the little villages, uh, run through that. And um, yeah, going on, just another pass over another big mountain uh, they go up to, uh, it's called an it's, uh, it's actually called Brighthorn, which that's a brief part of the race. Uh, it's just going up and uh, go on top of Brighthorn and then uh, go over to it's called a place called Roosevelt. Uh, beautiful um, views, obviously, like into the valley, coming mm -hmm. back and uh, towards the last suspension bridge, which uh, yeah, all runners go through that too. And then towards the finish line. I guess you can't be afraid of heights if you want to do this race. <laughs> yeah, it helps if you're not. But in all fairness, I heard stories which are really amazing. There was a, a Canadian runner, a female, and she's really afraid of heights. Mm -hmm. So at the start, she approached me and uh, she showed me this glass. I'm like, what's that? And she's like, put it on. So I put it on and I couldn't see my fingers like this. So it blurs out everything in just a short distance. So she's I'm going to wear this on the bridge so I don't see anything, you know, just oh, wow. right in front of me. Oh, my but God. Then, interestingly, I saw a race course video of some runner made and she joined him and, uh, yeah, she never used it. Oh. So I guess, yeah, a lot of people say, like, they just look forward and uh, because they're fairly narrow, so you can mm -hmm. kind of hold it left and right. And so, yeah, it's possible if you see the finish line in front of your eyes no you're definitely gonna do it for sure yeah and do some of the runners like or most of the runners go through the suspension bridges at night um it, yeah it could be yeah uh, yeah it depends how fast or slow you are mm. it's, it's very hard to say like all the distances are a little different and 
some of the 160k go through that during the day some are go during the night it all depends on your speed because mm. if you think about it the 160k the first finisher is like 26 hours <laughs> the last finisher is 49 hours so it's 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 a big big, big gap. gap yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> speaking of 49 hours that's probably when i'll be coming in <laughs> But, uh, but you will be coming in. <laughs> How do you comfort the runners who come in after 49 hours? Uh, so far, didn't happen. Wow. I know. <laughs> it's, as, as a runner myself, it's, it's really hard. Like, I'm, I'm very tough on cutoff. Every aid station has a cutoff. And if you're there a minute late, that's unfortunately it is. Because if you're already late there, then it's just mm-hmm. that's snowball effect. Yeah, yeah. That's my biggest fear. If somebody works so hard, puts all this energy, pain, suffering, and sleep deprivation, and <laughs> comes to the finish line ten minutes late, I don't know. It's tough. He's late, but that'll be devastating. But people should drop before. People should drop at the last aid station if they. Mm. It's kind of like plant that if you make it to the cutoff on the last aid station, you really have to slow down a lot not mm-hmm. to make it to the finish or, you know, injure yourself. Or So if, if, if you just keep moving a decent pace, you'll, you get there. Yeah, mm. very good. And uh, this all started in 2017. So how did the first year go? Um, it was good. Uh, we decided to, because... I, I'm like, let's put everything out there. 50, 100, 150. But uh, now I've been advised just to go slow. So at the first year, we had an 80 kilometer distance mm. and a half marathon, actually. Smart. Had uh, good feedback. And and it was, uh, yeah, it was interesting because I had a pretty good knowledge on race directing in the United States. So I'm like, I got this. <laughs> I can do this. No worries. Yeah, I was I was so wrong because it's a it's a totally different mentality. It's very different in Europe. Yes, very different. Oh yeah. Yes. For example, point to point. Mm-hmm. Here, it's good. The big races, point to point, they're, they're really popular. Not so much in mm-hmm. Switzerland. They for some reason like loops and mm-hmm. stuff. If you don't have showers at the finish, you're in trouble in Switzerland <laughs> as a race director. I learned that. Uh, I've done over. I've done 108 ultra marathons, and I had two showers <laughs> that's us <laughs> yeah so uh, it, it's that it was a big learning curve but you go along and, and you just every day every year you just learn and grow and the key is just to be able to adapt just listen and uh yes make it as good as you possibly can if i show up at your race 100 miler with a handheld would you let me go with just one handheld <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> really? Yeah. No mandatory gear. Uh, oh, 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 it's nothing else? Yeah, no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, I think um, what, what we do differently, the first year, 2017 and 18, I, I didn't do mandatory gear. Another thing I learned, right? <laughs> and it was funny because... I qualified for UTMB maybe six, seven years in a row, but I never went because I'm like, that's, I'm not going to carry all that stuff. Are they high? <laughs> no way, right? But then 2018, I, I really learned the lesson because it, the race started with um, sprinkling and the forecast was supposed to open up during the day. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately not. It was a total whiteout and yeah, so one runner and, and one of the first aid station topless and you know it's like and then everything was going bad and to everything snowed in course material was blown away so mm. thankfully we were able to get everybody down pretty quick we had to i had to cancel the race oh no mm. yeah after 12 hours i had to pull the cord because we had some cases of frostbites mm. and so so no good. So lesson truly learned, and from there on we have mandatory gear. Yeah, hmm. of course, of yeah. course. Then obviously the first year in 2019, everybody have to take it out and show it on a table like how they do. Yep. And then in 
2020 was cancelled, obviously, like everything else in life. And then uh, 2021, uh, we decided to, because we could open the, the race very limited. Mm -hmm. And uh, in order to be safe, we said, don't show us your material, like your mandatory gear. Just you have to sign a paper that you will always take a video. Right. And uh, let's carry it. So, and then uh, we talked with the team and uh, we actually kept this going and we probably going to keep that going for good because to me it's like if you want to cheat the system and I can just bring everything to the check-in and show and then on the race day I don't bring my jacket no gloves right mm -hmm. yes 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 yeah we we do um have like checkpoints along the course to check it but yeah honor system yeah the weather can get really fast bad in Alps yeah, and and I think people from Europe understand that it's us North Americans traveling to European races that maybe need a little bit of a lesson on that because it it does change so rapidly, especially in the Alps. Hey guys, if you like what you're hearing so far, then check this out. Calling all trail runners to come on out to Mansfield, Ontario this May. The Lost Treasure Trail Race features both the 5 and 10K on the beautiful trails of the Mansfield Outdoor Center. As the story goes, the American outlaw Jesse James buried a barrel full of gold coins stolen from a train on his relative's property somewhere in the hills of Malmer. You'll earn your very own coin medal when you cross the finish line. Registration is now open. For more info, go to gotterunracing.com. Now back to Jody and Norm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I could be. Like I visit Switzerland. It's like blue sky. And like, oh my God, it's beautiful. In 20 minutes, it's just cows, like rain, clouds. <laughs> it goes, it comes fast. Yeah. And you're also allowed pacers on your on your race, right? Yeah, yeah. To me, again, just racing in the United States, that was just so normal. Actually, I didn't even realize that other races don't really typically do that in the United States, uh, in Switzerland. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, to me, that's just for the safety of the yeah. runner. It's good. Also, like it's it's a it's a beautiful course. So if they can share something with somebody going along, then I think it's it's a it's a beautiful thing. That's a nice feature for yeah. sure. Because well, there's many races in Europe that don't allow pacers. Well, and... Europeans they're confused when they come to North America and going, "What? I'm have someone pace me? That doesn't make sense." <laughs> 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 but we've heard that through many yeah. times when we chatted with European runners. Yeah. Well, it's cool because you're blending the best from North America and the best practices from Europe <laughs> and and creating it together. I like that. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. But I still have to make it better. Now in 2024, this year, the last time we checked, you had 39 countries represented, including some Canadians. That's amazing. Yeah. That must be exciting. <laughs> it is, yeah. We expect up to 50, actually. Wow. Countries. Yeah, that's the beauty of it. It turned out to be, um, which I never thought of it, but it's one of the, they call it vacation race. Mm -hmm. Yes. Which people just want to eat because sometimes you're racing, right? And if I race, I just... Even in San Diego, if I do 100 mile, I start driving at 2 in the morning and go to the start, check-in, and run, and finish. And I did Havelina one year, and I ran 100 mile, got in the car and drove home. Three, oh, my gosh. <laughs> so, so that's just bang-bang, right? So, But in Switzerland, it's just so mm -hmm. beautiful, and there's so much to see. Yeah, many people just they come for a week or two weeks for a vacation, and yeah, it's throwing a race, right? So then they run that during that weekend and then they have like yeah. the whole experience. That's the best way to do it. Now, can you tell us about your green commitment yeah. for the race? We understand there's some things that are involved with that. Absolutely. Yeah, that's something um, just kind of near and dear my heart. Um, we just uh, are at this point where we really have to be looking out for uh, environmental changes. Uh, the, the thing uh, which is um, against all this 50 countries, wow, it sounds great, but also mm -hmm. lots of flying, lots of driving, lots of that kind of stuff. So we're trying to do the right thing with several things we do. For example, like when you register, you can opt to donate your T-shirt mm. to plant a tree. Okay. So six runners donate, that's one tree. So that 
money we give to Almighty Tree. It's a fun, uh, an organization in Switzerland who does that. That's cool. So last year we raised seven hundred and fifteen dollars. Mm, great. So they planted uh, twenty-two trees, I think. Yeah. And this year we are off to an excellent start. Yeah. Yeah, another thing we do, we avoid plastic mm-hmm. a lot. Uh, we don't, well, obviously, runners have to have their own uh, drinking cup. Yes. If they want soda, cold drinks and stuff, night stations, because we don't want to give out. Because if I have 700 runners, 13 aid stations, I mean, you do the math, that's a lot of trash. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we don't want to do that. And then we have food, we have hot soups and stuff. So obviously we provide stuff to drink and they're all non-plastic and easily sourced and uh, easily decomposed. So we actually spend a little bit of money on that. But it, uh, And also like we get it from a source in Switzerland, a company, which is yet another price point. In, I could get it in China, right? But then shipping everything, that's really it's not the case. That's awesome. Yeah, we all we all have to do our part to try to reduce garbage and ca- offset carbon as much as we can. And I'm sure there's going to be new ways every year to do that. Yeah. How long does it take to set up these these courses? To uh, market? Yes. Uh, it takes about two days. That's oh, it, eh? Okay. Wow. Good. Yeah, I just go out there and I mark everything. I'm just so <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> We have a whole team. Uh, we have a team of uh, nine different teams, which uh, we distribute evenly, like different sections mm. they mark. Mm. And then it's basically people coming back year after year to do that. So they really know how to mark well. And uh, I'm particularly picky in marking. Nothing drives me crazier than a race, which is not marked well. Yes. Yep. So, but um. I had the best teacher in course marking, the race director from San Diego, Scotty. Mm. He's he's crazy, crazy on that. So he <laughs> even goes out and remarks it. No, this ribbon has to be there, not here. So, <laughs> so but it's good, right? And I created a whole uh, website just for marking, which my markers are reviewing, and it has all these guidelines and all these um, things. I want them. To follow, right? So it's universal. Not like somebody's marking this way, somebody's mm. marking that way. So it's pretty universal, yeah. So so far, so good. And people, I mean, runners get lost. That's always going to be the case. Sure, but, but you're um, reducing it but, tremendously by doing it consistent. Yeah, yeah. I love it exactly. And, and we just we just watch it every year because, for example, like when you start the race in the first aid station, just off that first aid station, there's a big split. Mm-hmm. The 160 go straight, the rest go right. And then, yeah, like uh, 2022, we have live trackers so we can follow the runner live, real time. Every 10 seconds, it's renewed. Okay. So we're watching the 160, and then, of course, one went wrong, and how it is like everybody just follows everybody. <laughs> <laughs> so we had a whole bunch of. So we started uh, putting signs there. So every year we just see problem so- zones. I, there was a big s- problem in, in one part of the course, which there's also split, and and in, it's down in a in a in a village. And somebody thought it was funny to take away the sign oh. there. So Jeez. a lot of confusions. <laughs> so I actually changed the course um, to avoid that section. Mm-hmm. Mm. So we we just kind of work on that. And um, uh, speaking of getting lost, I think uh, one of the really neat features, I think nobody else does, like we have a, a team who kind of keeps an eye on the runner mm-hmm. requirement. You're supposed to have a cell phone reachable at, at your run. Mm-hmm. So if we see somebody go wrong, we can tell right away on the map because it's all tracked. Mm. We actually, we call them. We call them up and we tell them... Uh, Hey, buddy, you're going the wrong way. And that is amazing. It's kind of a, yeah, we got some good reaction. They're like, how do you know? Like, <laughs> no, no, we know, we see you. Just turn around and down at the course, you know, make a left. And so, yeah, so that's, uh, that's, that's pretty neat, I think. That's awesome. That is good. That is something. <laughs> yeah. I got kind of lost a few times in my races and, hey, nobody called me. So that's kind of <laughs> <laughs> That reminds me of the time that, Norm was in uh, Leadville. Leadville. Norm was in Leadville, and I was at home in Ontario, 
and it was probably one o'clock in the morning and my phone rings and they he had put me down his as his emergency contact so they said oh yeah we're just calling about runner bib number 240 um have you have you we're wondering if he's off off mount hope was it yep have you seen him lately <laughs> i'm like uh well first of all i'm in canada and secondly <laughs> According to your app, he went through there three hours ago. So why are oh. you calling me? Wow. Yeah. All right, that's a good one, too. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Now, I'm curious, Jacob, what is the fly event within your race? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's very interesting. Um, in 2017, um, one guy, Mark, he ran the 80-kilometer race of mine. I didn't know him back then. Uh, he finished and um, it was kind of funny because when in 2019, when I scouted the new start and finish line, I mm -hmm. ran portion of the course and then I, I got to that point where where the start finish line is going to be. And he was there and he's like, hey, I ran your race. So I'm like, oh, so he started talking and we kind of really became good friends and good guy. And he he's a paraglider. So mm -hmm. One year he approached me, he said, why don't you do uh, hike and fly kind of, those events exist in Switzerland, it's just purely hike and fly, right? And then to me, I don't know how to do that because I'm not a flyer and I don't know the rules, regulations, it sounds really dangerous to me, right? So <laughs> he said, no, he would like to be the race director for that division. And I'm like, yeah, perfect. So yeah, it's really interesting. Like these guys are actually pretty crazy because they get their two divisions at 10-hour division and a 24-hour division where they start on uh, on Saturday at 11 o'clock. They start okay. mandatory. They have to go up to the first aid station. They carry everything. They have like about wow. 20 pounds of gear. So they yeah. carry up and then they start flying and they can just from there on just do a thing, right? So you can just go fly back down to the valley and run to the finish and that's it. Or go fly over to the other side and run up the mountain to that aid station and fly, you know so whoever gets the most elevation changes kind of wins oh wow that is so yes, cool never heard of that it, i know i didn't either but yet it is popular there right it's very popular and, and, and by accident and i didn't even knew that back then it's the where they start finishes apparently it's the mecca of uh, paragliding in switzerland <laughs> wow <laughs> Because the mountains are so ideal for flying, mm -hmm. so yeah. yeah, if you if you go to Switzerland in that area and it's summer and it's it's nice weather, I mean, sky is full of paragliders. It's it's very wow. popular. Mm -hmm. That's yeah, so cool. Those guys are amazing. Like they're in great shape. Uh, what they do, it's just unbelievable. Mm -hmm. That's neat. And frankly, it looks really funny. Like because we all track them or, or two, right? So they have a life tracker. And yeah. then we see them and then you see something falling down the mountain and you just hope it's a flyer. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you hope. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's very interesting to look at that stuff. <laughs> what are your long-term goals for this race, the Swiss Alps 100? What, where do you see this in 10 years? Uh, so I want to get really rich and then I, I just live a beautiful <laughs> <laughs> No. So, that is every director's dream. No, no. Not gonna happen. I mean, I don't work for free, but uh, I tell you, um, it, it, it doesn't pay the work I put in for sure. Anyway, so I, uh, it's a, for me, it's a big goal to keep it as kind of family friendly, like kind of lay backish, not too much mm -hmm. like professionalism, right? Of course, yeah. safety, of course. If the runners a good experience, I mean, we offer a lot of fresh food and aid station and stuff. And, and uh, but if we keep growing, and we already decided that we're gonna have a cutoff somewhere, even though we're not required, we could have three, four thousand runners. But it, mm -hmm. you know, if I look at UTMB, it's oh, <laughs> even when I run Leadville uh, that year, it was just uh, some company took over and they, they just. Got everybody in on. Yes. I remember yes, getting to the first yes. aid station, I had to wait in line. Oh, what's going on, right? So that, I don't want that to happen, really. Just keep it, yeah, very professional and um, keep it um, safe. Safety is always number one, obviously. 
but also keep yeah. that like I'm very approachable. Everybody knows my contact information. I get a lot of emails from runners with questions and and uh, yeah, they can always approach me and, and ask me stuff, obviously. And it's great, yeah. I'm always at the finish line from Saturday at 10 o'clock for 24 hours straight because every runner wow. who finish, I want to welcome my personally and mm-hmm. just give them what they deserve. And because it's very inspiring to me. I know what they go through because I've been there so many times myself. I've done yes. like 26 uh, on the mile races. And, uh, and uh, it's just, it's just a great motivation. Like it's really, it's really beautiful to see them come in and, experience that and they're so happy and everything so yeah keep it friendly and uh, not too big that's the goal so what's your i guess that would be your favorite part of being a race director is the finish line and everybody coming in exactly it's like so i work through the year basically almost every day on it because i just uh, so much i want to do and i want to create this um family it's kind of called swiss family.com which we allow runners to have their own account. When you register, you get an account automatically and you can get in there. You could put up pictures, you can write stuff. So I want Mm. runners to kind of be able, first of all, to interact with each other before the race. Some ran it already so they can talk about it. And, or if you run with somebody, like happens to me all the time. I, I run a race and, and I run with somebody and it was just great. You know, we just keep me talking and everything. And, when I finished, I forgot the name because I was tired. I just yes. remember being 15, but that doesn't help anymore. So that would help to kind of be able to find each other again and stuff. So then coming close to race day, um, it gets hectic, really hectic. And uh, like I'm there two weeks before race start. Uh, so it's just lots going on. And then when I hit that, 10 o'clock a.m. Saturday. It's just like, and the, finally I can earn the fruits from all all that. So that's <laughs> going to be kind of me time to to really yes. enjoy that and just lean back and just I don't have to work on it. I just I sit here and just have a good time, <laughs> as you should. <laughs> and of course, we can reach you through all your socials, right? The Swiss Alps 100 and on all socials. Right, yeah, we're on uh, Facebook, um, Instagram. Of course, you can go on the website, you click on organization, the team tag, and then you see all the team. And there's, I'm there too with my email address. Very good. Now, the important question, Jacob, when are you coming to Canada? <laughs> <laughs> uh, right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, you have to... You have to lure me in with a great race, you know, up there. I, I, I don't know any races up there. I've been there once a while ago. I used to work for Disney, and then we acquired some websites in Toronto, so they sent me up there. And then, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I did my thing. And then I was pretty sad because I learned that that weekend was a race, like a 50K, and then it started Saturday. And Saturday morning, I, f- I flew back to California, and I tried to change my ticket in work, so... I miss that Aww. race. But yeah, if there's a there's something nice to do, like a good kind of ultra marathon with not too much snow. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's yeah. a short window of opportunity for that. Oh yeah. <laughs> May to October. May to October. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Depending on what part of Canada. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. But we'll we'll stay in touch and keep you posted about that. But I think you would I think you would find uh, that Canada is very similar to Switzerland in many ways. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Crazy beautiful and um, people are so beautiful too. They're so friendly and uh, yeah, I would definitely love to explore it a little more down the road. Well, that would be interesting because you're going to eventually take become the race director of the Angels. Angeles. Angeles. <laughs> We have such a hard time remembering that you just pronounce it like Los Angeles. I don't know why. <laughs> so you could be a race director, USA, and then a race director in, in Switzerland. And then if you become a race director in Canada, that would be interesting. Race directing in three different countries. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's funny. I'm, I'm looking at the race in Australia. I want to maybe put on. So there you go. Ooh. 
Yeah. There you go. Wow, you heard it here <laughs> first, folks. <laughs> An interesting idea I saw down there. So something unique. Uh, nobody does. So maybe. Okay. All right. Well, if anything, you you might see us in Switzerland first. <laughs> It'd be beautiful. Yeah, I would totally love to welcome you. I'll introduce you some really good pizza. <laughs> And thanks so much for uh, after we chatted with Aaron Shimmons, you you reposted our podcast with him and our chat with him. And uh, yeah, that, this is how we learned about your race, obviously. Perfect. Awesome. Yeah, he great guy. I mean, uh, I was stoked to hear that he's come run the race and uh, talked to him at the race. And uh, and now, um, Aaron, we're still waiting for the video. Chop, chop. So, uh, <laughs> that's right yeah, yeah yeah he does take a little bit of time <laughs> yeah, yeah he promised in december so maybe he meant 2024 <laughs> 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 no no it definitely takes time and he's so busy doing his uh, podcast now too so great guy yeah absolutely well before we let you go today we're going to finish off with some rapid fire questions okay Good are you point. ready maybe <laughs> What's a TV show that you're embarrassed to say you watch? <laughs> oh my God, I don't watch so much. Um, I don't know. Well, for a while, my wife wife made me watch uh, 90 Days Fiancé. So, oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, that, that qualifies. <laughs> yeah, that qualifies. <laughs> she always offered wine, so that helped. <laughs> <laughs> Star Wars or Star Trek? Oh, Star Wars. Star Wars, yeah. nice. Do you have any tattoos? I do not. However, nobody knows that, so I'll let you out right now. Um, what I'm gonna do when we get close to maybe get a thousand runners, what I'm gonna do is like as soon as we hit a thousand runners, I tattoo the logo on my calf. Very wow. cool. Okay. That's awesome. Yeah. I imagine you designed it, so that's that's very appropriate. I did not. <laughs> I did the oh, you did it? <laughs> I had a different logo in the beginning, but it was just, okay. so I felt like, yeah, I I just invest some money and have something done, which I like, and that has happened. So, logo okay. is so important to be recognized. So, you're running on the trail and you stub your toe on a rock. What do you say in German? Ah, <laughs> That's a mouthful. <laughs> that is exactly what I say. <laughs> That is a mouthful. I like it. Yeah, but what does it translate to mean? Oh, it's so it's, it's it's not German German. It's like Swiss German. So it's with a German okay. huge accent, but it just means like God, oh, God, you know, God damn it, that hurts. Got it. Seventies, <laughs> eighties, uh, or nineties music? Eighties. Yeah, I used to be um, when yeah. I grew up. I between fifteen and twenty-five years old. I used to be DJ. <laughs> Oh, just on the weekend, just for fun, just being that goofy kid. And uh, yeah, 80s all the way. Absolutely. I'm with yeah. you there. Yeah. <laughs> all right, Norm, final question. Hey, pick a superpower that you would like to have. Ooh, being able to make people happy just by looking at them. <laughs> <laughs> you happy. happy. Oh, that's happy. a good one. That's unique. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that would bring on world peace for yeah, sure. Yeah. I'll be really busy though. It's gonna be a long line. Yeah, you, you would be. Yeah. <laughs> All just... right, Jacob, thank you so much. This has been awesome. Thank you guys. Yeah, no, it's been fun. Thank you for having me. We hope to uh, meet in person one day. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, if, if you don't want to come to boring Switzerland, I come to exciting Canada. <laughs> well the invitation's open so let's keep in touch okay sounds good thank you guys okay great thank, thank you. you bye right and that was jacob herman race director of swiss alps 100 that race sounds breathtaking 49 hours that's a kick-ass race absolutely <laughs> and wow what do you see a glacier <laughs> I would love to run on a glacier. Yeah, I hope you're going to show lots of video during the Oh yeah. during the YouTube version of this in case you folks didn't know. Yeah, whenever we, you watch our podcast on YouTube, you feature race videos. Race videos to give you the idea of what we're talking about. Yeah, it's exciting. That and plus the three suspension bridges. Yes. Which 
I, of course, there's, uh, I'm going to have all the video of that as well. So if you want to check all that out, just head on over to our YouTube channel, Gotta Run Racing. Your legs normally feel rubbery on a suspension bridge. Can you imagine doing it after 80 miles? Well, would you cross? I think the suspension bridges are between 100 and 300 meters long. Nevertheless, would you cross one at night? Yeah, because I can't see what I'm about to fall into. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good point. Yeah, I think I'd rather. (laughs) I don't know about those blurry glasses on her eyes situation. I might take off my glasses so I can't see well, but I don't know about (laughs) obscuring my view that much. Right. Yeah. But yeah, I think I would rather do it at night. No, I would obviously love to. But you miss the view. Yeah, I would definitely do it in the day. I would try to get there to see it. So if I'm in a situation where, oh my, no, it's, the sun is setting and I got to get to that suspension bridge because I want to <laughs> get good pictures <laughs> or just hang out until the sun rises again. Take the full 49 yeah, hours. It, yeah, you're right. Well, if it's, if I'm at the bridge and I, the sun's going to rise in 30, 40 minutes, I would, mm. I would stick around. Yeah, maybe. Why not? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's good strategy there. Love um, it. Yeah. And then of course it's, he's making it very green. With all his no plastics. Yes. And uh, as his races should yeah. move forward. Yeah. Yeah. And he's put a lot of thought into this race and he wants to keep it low key-ish, which is great. And of course, qualifying for Western States, Hard Rock, Bad Water, all there. Yeah. It's pretty epic. You got to sign up because in the future, it's gonna, this race is going to sell out quick because of that. I think so. I think you're right. And sign up and help Jacob reach 1,000 runners so he can get his race logo tattooed on his calf. Registration's now open, so why not make it a destination slash vacation race? Switzerland's a beautiful place. But before you go, please head on over to the platform that you're listening to us on and give us a quick review, rate, rating, whatever it is. <laughs> Do it, please. They're much really, appreciated. It really helps. Until next time. Bye. Cheers.